0: Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Adrian Barnard sitting in this week for Steve Vickers and I'm joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. On this week's show we hear from the Cameroon coach Hugo Bruce fresh from victory in the recent Cup of Nations, as he prepares his team for the Confederations Cup in June.
1: For us, the Confederations Cup is uh, another level than an AFCON. You're playing against uh, the champions of all continents. You're playing against the world champion. So this is uh, something different, and uh, we have to try to make good games.
0: And we hear from one of the legends of African football, Karim Abdul Razak, nicknamed Golden Boy for his sparkling performances, the midfielder was named African Footballer of the Year in 1978 after helping Ghana to win the Cup of Nations. He tells us about Ghana's preparations for that tournament that took a whole year of planning. So we came back and played against d'Ivoire. we scored three. Against Benny, we scored five.
2: So the confidence was there. and We didn't disappoint. We won the Cup.
0: Coming up, we'll also hear your thoughts on which teams will be promoted to the English Premier League at the end of the season. And Stuart continues his personal choice of top 10 African players who have played in the English Premier League with his appreciation of the Ivorian defender Kolo Toure. But we start with the news that Africa is set to receive nine places in the World Cup finals from 2026. Well, last week FIFA announced the proposals it was making for the World Cup when the competition expands in 2026 to 48 teams. The proposals were agreed by the FIFA president, Gianni Infantino, along with the presidents of the six regional confederations, including the new CAF president, Ahmad Ahmed. So, with this full agreement, it seems a foregone conclusion that the proposals will be approved by the FIFA Council when it meets on the 9th of May. Under the proposals, Africa will be guaranteed nine places, with a tenth African nation taking part in a six-nation playoff competition to determine the last two World Cup spots. Currently, Africa has five places at the World Cup, so this is a big jump. So then, Solomon, uh, is this good news for Africa? Surely, Adrian,
3: this is a uh, very, very good news for Africa. Getting four, uh, you know, extra slots to add to the five that Africa already has, is really a huge uh, leap for Africa. And I feel Africa is the biggest benefactor when it comes to. You know, the proposal to have 48 teams in the 2026 uh, World Cup. Remember also, Adrian, uh, Africa has uh, the biggest uh, voting block when it comes to voting for FIFA president. We have uh, 54 countries and uh, about 53 of them, you know, ha- have the right to vote. And uh, this having the night slot actually would give uh, a lot of other teams the opportunity uh, to go in. I feel Africa has... What it takes. The five slot has really limited a whole lot of uh, teams. And so I feel it's it's really a big news uh, and a good news for African football, because the more slots that we have, the more Africa would showcase his football across the world globally. And the more, you know, young African players would really grab the opportunity and go out there and try to, uh, you know, compete and, and show what they're made of.
0: Well, absolutely. Thanks for that, Solomon. And we'll have confirmation of those proposed nine places for African teams after the FIFA Council meets to make its decision on the 9th of May. Now, it's just two months since Cameroon caused a major shock by winning the Africa Cup of Nations in Gabon. Before the tournament, the team had been hit by the refusal of several high-profile players to join the squad, including Liverpool's Joel Matip. But despite this early blow, the indomitable Lions progressed through the competition, seeing off the highly fancied Senegal along the way, before beating Egypt 2-1 in the final to be crowned Champions of Africa for the fifth time. The mastermind of their victory was their Belgian coach Hugo Bruce. The 64-year-old has been talking recently about the team's preparations for future tournaments, including the World Cup qualifying and the Confederations Cup in Russia that's coming up in June and July. Planet Sports Football Africa's NG now asked Hugo Bruce what areas of play he'd be concentrating on ahead of these tournaments.
1: For us, the Confederations Cup is a, another level in an Afghan. You are playing against uh, the champions of all continents. You're playing against the world champion. So this is uh, something different. And uh, we have to try to make good games on this tournament. Uh, I don't think so that we have to think about uh, semi-final or final. No, we just have to make good games against Germany, against Chile, uh, against Australia. So we will uh, have um, 10 days to prepare uh, this tournament and uh, we will see what What
2: value will participating in the Confederations Cup be for this team that you're handling?
1: It's a very good experience for this team because uh, we did very well on on Afghan and now uh, we have a tournament which is uh, a level higher than Afghan. So uh, after this tournament, we can evaluate where we are on world level. Uh, If you play against all champions of all continents, uh, this is uh, the best teams in the world. So uh, we will see uh, how strong we are against those teams.
2: What do the indomitable lions of Cameroon have to do to have an impact in this tournament?
1: To play good, <laughs> we, uh, we played good um, in Gabon um, in with uh, a certain um, way of play, and uh, certainly as a team. And uh, we have tried to go on with this because it uh, gives us uh, success, and we don't have to change uh, if we uh, we have a good team, a team on the field on all levels, mentality, the will to win, then I think we can make a good tournament also in the Confederations Cup. Let's come back to the
2: AFCON. What are your reflections on winning the AFCON 2017? Mm. Not so many people were expecting, not so many people would have put their money on Cameroon.
1: Yes, this is uh, the nice part of it. Like you said, nobody expected it. And uh, if we are honest, neither we did in the beginning. (laughs) So um, we put our goals. First was uh, to go through the first round. And uh, we succeeded to do that. And then we said, OK, we will try, we will try to be in, uh, in the semi-final. But this game against uh, Senegal gave us a boost of confidence. And from that moment after the, the victory against Senegal, uh, yeah, everything was confident. And you saw it in the games also against Ghana in the final, where it was uh, 0-1 for Egypt. But the second half, the way we played there, we, we pushed them away. So uh, you see what can happen when you go to such a tournament with uh, no big ambitions. But the team grows in the tournament and now uh, we have to confirm and this is maybe the most difficult part of the game. You've talked about uh, your ambition of building a strong squad for the future. At what level
2: are you in this plan and are you satisfied with uh, the project this far?
1: I think uh, I'm very satisfied with the work we did in one year. It's uh, just one year that I'm a coach from Cameroon we did a lot of work. My assistant and me and my staff and also the players. I think the players understood that uh, they have to change something. They have to change the mentality. They have to change uh, the way they are training. They have to change uh, many things. And they followed me. And now I think uh, with winning the can, uh, everyone knows that uh, the way we did it was the best way to do it. So uh, again, the most difficult part is coming now, it's to confirm. And I hope that the players are uh, willing to follow me again like I did uh, the last year.
0: That's Cameroon coach Hugo Bruce talking about the team preparations for the Confederations Cup that begins in Russia on the 17th of June and runs for two weeks with the final in St Petersburg on the 2nd of July. Now, as Hugo Bruce mentioned there, Cameroon are in a tough group alongside Australia, Chile and world champions Germany. The other group brings together the hosts Russia with New Zealand, Mexico and Portugal. The top two teams from each group go through to the knockout stages. It will be a tough ask for Cameroon, but then again, very few people expected them to win AFCON, so they go to Russia with the best wishes of all of Africa behind them. Well, next today we turn to our series on the top ten Africans who have played in the English Premier League. Our European football expert, Stuart Weir, has made his own very personal selection – and today we come to the Ivorian defender, Kolo
4: Tore. Like his younger brother, Yaya, Kolo Torre started his career with ASEC in Côte d'Ivoire, where he won two league titles. Arsenal signed him when he was 20 in 2001, but he had to wait for a year to get his first chance in the first team. But the following season, he started nine league games, came off the bench 17 times, and by the following, the 2003-04 season, when he was still just 22, he had established himself as a first-choice central defender for Arsenal and never looked back. In eight seasons at Arsenal, he played 225 league games, scoring nine goals, often posing a big threat from corners. And in that time, Arsenal won the Premier League, The FA Cup twice, they reached the final of the Champions League and he was part of that legendary Arsenal Invincibles team which went unbeaten in the league from May 2003 to October 2004 playing 49 league games, winning 36 and losing none. Then in 2009, after rumours of a bust-up with defensive partner William Gallas Colo left Arsenal for Manchester City for a fee of $21 million. There, he quite soon joined up with his brother, Yaya, who had come from Barcelona, and helped City to win their first Premier League title in the modern era and also the FA Cup. He spent four seasons at Manchester City, but by the third and fourth season, he was less of a first choice. And at the age of 32, he left Manchester City for Liverpool. While he's never really been a first choice at Liverpool, he still has played 45 Premier League games for his third Premier League club. And in 2016, at the age of 35, to his great delight, he scored his first league goal for Liverpool. He was a real star for Côte d'Ivoire, playing 119 games, being part of the team that went to the World Cup for the first time in 2006 and also part of the team that won the Africa Cup of Nations in 2015. Kolo Tari fully deserves his place among my selection of 10 legends because he played 15 seasons in the Premier League. He played for three top clubs. He won the Premier League with two different clubs. His best period was undoubtedly with Arsenal, but he also gave good service to Manchester City and Liverpool. While Colo does not have the natural technical ability of his brother Yaya, he's made a great deal of his own talent. I want to finish with a story of how Colo came to play at Arsenal. Ray Parler, who had 12 seasons at Arsenal, remembers the first time he saw Colo, who had come to Arsenal for a trial. Parler recalls Terry Henry getting the ball and Colo tackling from behind and really smashing him. Henry was injured and had to go off. Arsene Wenger, the Arsenal manager, shouted at Colo, Don't tackle like that! Minutes later, Arsenal's other star striker, Dennis Bergkamp, got the ball and Kolo did exactly the same to him. This time, Wenger shouted, No more tackling! And a moment later, a loose ball bounced in front of Arsene Wenger, who was standing on the pitch watching the game, and Kolo, would you believe, came in with a two-footed tackle and said, Wenger, flying. Parler says, you could hear Arsene Wenger screaming. He had to be taken to the medical room. So in a matter of minutes, the trialist had taken out Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, and the manager, Arsene Wenger. Kolo was beside himself, feeling he'd blown his big day. But Wenger said, I want to sign him. I like his desire and his attitude. So it all ended well. Actually, John Cross, in his biography of Arsene Wenger, says that Kolo Tari represented Arsene Wenger's ideal player because he came on trial as a raw and mediocre midfield player. But Wenger saw the potential and turned him into a world-class defender. And Kolo Tari certainly proved to be a great servant of Arsenal. (laughs)
0: That's a great story, and uh, Kolo Toure is still enjoying his football today. He's just helped Celtic win their sixth successive Scottish Premiership title. Last Saturday, he came on as an 87th minute substitute, as Celtic sealed their title with a 5-0 win away at Hearts. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Now You can download our app and listen to the show at any time. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show at any time on the app and access past programmes too in our archive. And you can also listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. And now we turn to social media and WhatsApp. In last week's show, we looked at the race for promotion to the English Premier League. Two teams will win automatic promotion, and a third will be promoted through the playoffs. Newcastle are top of the championship, with Ghana's Christian Atsu in their squad. Brighton, who are second, have Cameroon defender Gayton Bong. And also in the race are Leeds United, with Gambian winger Modu Barrow, with Reading Sheffield Wednesday... Huddersfield and Fulham also in the chasing pack. So we asked, which teams are you hoping will be promoted? Well, to Facebook first, and it's good to hear from Patrick Pacapala over in the Caribbean in Haiti. And Patrick says, I've been rooting for Brighton and Hove Albion to be promoted, and I'm glad to see they're poised for an automatic promotion as things stand now. I see Newcastle going up with them, and for the playoff team, I would like to see Leeds United in the EPL, if only because of their legendary status as a big, highly supported English club that has been suffering in the abyss of lower divisions for far too long. Pa Humble Badgie in the Gambia says, I wish Newcastle to come back soon to the EPL and I know that with their big coach they can make it and Christian Atsu will be great. Well, thanks for that, Pa, and the Newcastle coach Pa's referring to there is Rafa Benitez, who also coached at Real Madrid, Liverpool, you remember, and Chelsea. And to WhatsApp now, and Kelvin from Kenya says, the teams I see going up are Newcastle and Brighton. Khalifa Sanyang is a student in China. Newcastle, Brighton and Reading will be the promoted teams to the Premier League next season, says Khalifa, and Stanley in Ghana agrees. Newcastle, Brighton and probably Reading from what I've witnessed so far, says Stanley. The playoffs will be a difficult time for some teams, but I tip Reading to join the other two. Ismail Saidu Kanu in Sierra Leone also thinks Reading will be promoted. Newcastle will definitely gain promotion to next year's Premier League, says Ismail. They are a heavyweight and even did that going straight back up the last time they were relegated. I also believe that Reading and Leeds will follow them into the EPL. And Abeku and Dorfell in Ghana agrees. Newcastle will not just qualify, but they will win the championship title, says Abeku. Brighton follows, and then Reading, because it's been like a decade since they played in the Premier League. Well, in fact, Reading last played in the Premier League just four years ago. That was in the 2012-13 season. But uh, I agree with Abeku, it does seem a very long time ago now. Fabrice is in Cameroon. I'd like to see Newcastle, Brighton and Leeds United game promotion this season, says Fabrice. My choice is not based on the African contingents in the teams, but simply because they play good football, which is very entertaining and can stand the test of the EPL. And uh, Abrima Amber Barrow in Palermo, Italy, agrees. Abrima has sent us a voice message.
2: I must say Newcastle and Brighton are very much favourite to make it through to the Premier League. But the playoff spot will be really, really fascinating, but I would like to go for Leeds United. Really, I wanted to see Modubaro back in the Premier League action.
0: And here now is Mahari Cham, also from the Gambia. I think Newcastle deserve
3: to be promoted, they're really working hard. Winning matches. I think they deserve to be promoted, but I also love to see more Barros Leeds be promoted too.
0: To Paul Truman in Nigeria now, and Paul says, I do hope that Newcastle and Leeds United gain promotion to the Premier League. Musa Sisei in the Gambia says, I think Newcastle are going to be champions without a doubt, and then Brighton are going up in the second automatic qualification place. Then for the rest, it'll go down to the wire. But I fancy Reading and Leeds to play the play-off final. And then I think Reading will see out Leeds. To Nigeria now. And Obinna says Newcastle looks certain to bully their way to the Premier League. Brighton will follow suit if they can maintain their consistency unless they decide to fall apart, like we've seen them do in the last few seasons. The play should be between Leeds United and Sheffield Wednesday but I give it to the Carlos carvalhal tutored side because of their experience in the playoffs in recent times. And that side is Sheffield Wednesday, and Medlove in the Gambia agrees. I predict Newcastle and Sheffield Wednesday to win promotion, says Medlove. Well, there's a wide range of views this week about which teams will go up. Mwinga Mayambolwa in Zambia says Newcastle have been phenomenal, and I expect them to return to the Premier League. Brighton should join them, and coming to the playoffs, I fancy Huddersfield, although it would be nice to see a team of Leeds United's calibre and history making a return after a long absence from the top flight. Yusufa Jamme in the Gambia says Newcastle, Brighton and Fulham will win promotion. And finally, B Conte also in the Gambia, says I think Newcastle, Fulham and Leeds United will qualify for the EPL. And uh, thanks to everyone for your comments this week. And once again, we had a very big response, so we're sorry if we couldn't read your particular comment out. Well, this week we're asking, as FIFA looks likely to confirm nine World Cup spots to Africa from 2026, how long will it be before an African team wins the FIFA World Cup? Does the expanded World Cup open the door for African teams and provide a realistic chance for Africa to win the World Cup? Or do African teams still have some way to go? Well go onto our Facebook page at Planet Sport Football Africa. You can post a message there or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. And now on Planet Sport Football Africa, we hear from a true African football legend, Abdul Razak of Ghana, who was the 1978 African Footballer of the Year. Razak played for many clubs, including the New York Cosmos, where he played alongside Pele, Germany's Franz Beckenbauer, and South Africa's Jomo Sono. Razak won the Nations Cup with the Black Stars in 1978. He's now 60. And when he was at the Nations Cup in Gabon earlier this year, Steve Vickers had a chance to speak to him. In this first part, Razak goes back to 1978 and explains how the Black Stars prepared. Until we hosted in 1978, we said this time we will not
2: take it lightly. We have to be prepared very well. So the government came with a plan that to win this Cup we need to be the whole year, concentrate, no league matches, Even the league matches is going to be played, but not on uh, you know, not to be champion here and there. It wasn't an official competitive league. We stayed in camp for some few months. The plan for us to go to Brazil. So we went to Brazil for the first time. We have about six weeks. Play with some local friendly matches. At that time, nobody knew us there. So we went back to Brazil again. We have this high profile match, like Flamingo. Vasco da Gama, Botafogo, all the top teams, we play with them. Maybe we play with the junior teams, we beat them. No, the senior team said, no, 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 we don't allow it to. We say, we are also a national team of one country. We don't allow a club to beat us. So it's a challenge, you know, we fight, we beat them. And before we left, they knew we are going to win the cup. So we came back and played a local uh, uh, international friendly match against Codiva. We scored three. Against Mali, we scored three. Against Benin, we scored five. You know, so the confidence was there. And we didn't disappoint. We won the cup. Even though I will not say we won it easily, because the first match was tough against Zambia. They scored first in the opening match. The stadium packed to capacity. Then we try, 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 and then we equalize. You know, we have a one center forward, Opoku Afri. Very good, very short, but it's very fast. He scored. Then I scored the second goal. We won the first match. But against Nigeria, was very, very tough. We won the same group. In Nigeria, we drew 1 1. And the third match was against Upper Volta. At that time, Broken Faso was Upper Volta. We beat them training. Then came the, the semi final, because it was 18. Semi final against Tunisia. The Tunisia was the, the African representative in the World Cup in 1978 in Argentina. And they have the African best player also. Tariq Diab then the came was tough until the 76 minutes or so I have to conjure my magic so I saw our defender got the ball in our half then I was on the center circle I moved a little bit forward and I asked him to drop this ball and I saw the goalkeeper already he was not ready he didn't know what I was going to do so when he, when he played the ball I just stopped the ball dead dead what about that he's, he took one foot forward I, he's there already he was not in the goal he was out of his line uh, the 18, outside the 18 he didn't go to his goal he came to me to congratulate me so together with this goal then he said the golden boy scored the golden goal that's who won the semi-final before meeting the Uganda in the final and this same um, uh, Afri he scored the two goals I assist one so you know, tournament I scored two goals. And in the end I was voted the best player for the tournament. The same year I got the African one. And the same year I got the Ghana one the same year. So that's my best moment in my career.
0: So then Solomon, back then Ghana had a whole year to prepare for the nineteen seventy eight Cup of Nations. Can you imagine that happening again today? Well, Adrian, it would be very difficult to allow <laughs> any
3: team. You know, getting the privilege of having a, a year to prepare for Africa Cup of Nations or even six months or a couple of months because of a lot of factors. A lot has changed uh, since 1978. A lot has changed in a in way that television has uh, taken over also. So there are television rights that you have to look at. There are players also that are committed to their clubs all over Europe, all over the world and uh, clubs have become major uh, stakeholders when it comes to uh, football. Uh, Back then, in 1978, all the the Ghanaian players were based in Ghana. They're playing for clubs like Ashanti Kotoko, Heart of Arc, and the Great Olympics. So it was easy to uh, suspend it. And and also, there was not a lot of uh, stakeholders when it comes to business people putting their money in football. But right now, it's going to be very difficult, because uh, a player spends most of his football career with his club, so... Uh, playing for the national team is not really the priority now for a lot of players, uh, unlike back in the 1970s when playing for the national team, playing for the Black Stars was a huge priority. So we wouldn't be able to see that anytime soon, is uh, Adrian, where you would allow for a lot of time for uh, any team to prepare. So I don't really imagine that happening anytime soon.
0: But it's now been 35 years since Ghana last won the Cup of Nations. That was in 1982. So what do you think the Black Stars have to do then, Solomon, to win the tournament again? Well, the Black Stars, since 1982, when they last
3: won the Africa Cup of Nations, you know, it's been 35 years, like you rightly said, Adrian. And it's really sad because uh, in a couple of Africa Cup of Nations in the past, they came very close. Uh, recently, they played in the final in Angola a few years ago. And just this year, they got to the semi-final where everyone was expecting them to pass through Cameroon to get to the final, uh, you know, and, and play against Egypt and win. But they never really did that. And when Ghana won the Africa Cup of Nations in 1978, a lot of uh, people were actually, you know, calling them, them the Brazil of Africa because of the kind of football that they play but a lot has changed now I think the Ghanaian players need to show a lot of passion there's been a lot of uh, problem with players who don't show commitment who don't want to play for the black stars and we also have to see a, a bit of a you know help from the football FA Ghana Football Association uh, there's always the tension between players and the football administrators we need to you know to eradicate that and and the black stars need to focus and say look this is why we're here and we're here to win and we have to do whatever it takes to win.
0: Okay, Solomon, thanks for that. Well, next week we'll have the second part of our interview with Abdul Razak as he talks about the lack of flair in football today compared with the time when he was playing in the 1970s. It's a fascinating discussion and we'll also hear from another flair player, the former Nigeria striker, JJ Akocha. And that's it for this week, but on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking... As FIFA looks likely to confirm nine World Cup spots to Africa from 2026, how long will it be before an African team wins the FIFA World Cup? Does the expanded World Cup open the door for African teams and provide a realistic chance for Africa to win the World Cup? Or do African teams still have some way to go? We'll go onto our Facebook page at Planet Sport Football Africa. You can post a message there. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. So from me, Adrian Barnard from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and from Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.